You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, also as well Game Source, Inside Fantasy Football, and of course right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also our friends at Thrive Fantasy, the leader in daily prop bets for your player props out there. And if you can, and if you're interested, and if you're in a state that's eligible, you want to go ahead and make a deposit today, your first deposit by playing Thrive Fantasy or download it on the app, of course, on your mobile phone. Your first deposit, if you type in the code LFB, they will match a dollar for dollar up to $50 as long as you put in $20 or more on your initial deposit just by typing in the letters LFB. Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a great night for the Lakers. Focus, lack of focus. I didn't see the energy there playing back-to-back. It always happens, seems to happen a lot in the NBA. These teams just cannot get the type of energy that they need on a back-to-back basis. And with that, the Lakers, who looked so good last night on both ends of the floor, Unfortunately, did not look so today as they lost 115-107 on the getaway game because they're going to be heading out on the road here this week. But they did lose 115-107 to the Portland Trailblazers, which should make our friend Rafael Barlow very happy. So kudos to him. But a great game by Gary Trent Jr. Damian Lillard took over in the fourth quarter. Rebounding galore by, uh, you know, just by... The whole Portland Trailblazers, especially Enos Cantor, who, you know, I know we joke on him a lot on his defense, but he can hit crash the offensive boards, and that's what he did. The Lakers did have some issues with size out there. Also, lack of energy overall, kind of disappointing. Uh, defense, I didn't see the rotations where we needed to see them, and and uh, not too much on the break. I didn't see as you know enough energy out there on the break as I, I wanted to go ahead and see. Schroeder, I thought, played good for what that's worth, but unfortunately, not all the Lakers showed up today. Anthony Davis was also MIA, maybe coming back a little bit injured. I know he did take a hard fall partway through the games as well, but here today to talk about the game in a nutshell is our good friends indeed from Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It is Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. Thanks for your patience, my friend. Well, what was the vernacular you said about THT's defense on Gary Trent Jr. today? You know, it's 93-91. We really need to stop. And 
there's Gary Trent Jr. And THT gives him enough space where he could parallel park his front car. Um, you can't leave somebody that white hot, that wide open at that point in the game. And, you know, Gerald, we talked about situational awareness with THD. And this is one of those hard lessons that he's going to have to learn. Because when he looks at the film, he's going to kick himself for why he left them that wide open. Yeah, it's 20. So we're going to have to, it's going to be bumps and road. We're going to have to get used to this as far as 20 is concerned. As he gets older, he's going to hopefully learn from this and, and recover from those type of issues going forward and learn from them and grow from them. So again, you got to have them out there for minutes and this is what you're going to get. You're going to get the good with the bad when it comes to that. So he's not the only one though. Kyle Kuzma, who had mm -hmm. such a sterling game yesterday, back in a reserve role and unfortunately didn't get it done. Uh, three straight three-point misses in a row to start the fourth quarter. And I thought that was just, uh, here we go again. Here we go again. But like I said, just seemed like they were not focused. They were a little bit tired, fatigued, didn't have that zip in, the, in their step, so to speak. But here today, also talk about the Lakers as well, is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, whenever you talk about those gaudy numbers, man, whenever you talk about those gaudy numbers, the next day they don't perform, man. Guess it's all my fault, Gerald. No, it's not all your fault. <laughs> Obviously, you got to go play the games, my friend. But uh, it just didn't see the zip in, in their game today. Well, I just didn't see this it. whole game was terrible defense by Anthony Davis, terrible offense by Anthony Davis, a lackluster effort. Um, he's the primary reason we lost the game. You know, uh, there were other, there were other periods of time where Dennis Schroeder had a series of plays in the first half that just turned the ball over, or missed shots about four or five times in a row. But Davis just really, I didn't see any defense from him. And the big problem is, is, is that he's not a post player. You can't give him the ball in the post and expect him to do much damage. If there's somebody there with size, he needs to face his man up and beat him and, and beat him and take jump shots and beat him to the basket that way. So, yeah, it was an extremely disappointing game. LeBron, I thought, played well. Um, but even LeBron, you know, at the end of the game, you know, that I thought I couldn't believe after having the timeout that was gifted to the Lakers down six that they the play that they came out was a, a fadeaway going the wrong direction by LeBron. Uh, for a three-point shot, that was just really weak. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those games where you just got to flush it and move on. Um, we've got the pair of the double hitters coming up, and hopefully we'll be able to right the ship. Um, AD, needs to, AD needs to come back with some aggression, come back and finish some plays. I mean, he was just crying to the ref the whole evening long. Um, every single shot, you know, there was contact and so forth. And some days you get those calls from the refs other days you don't but you can't let it affect your whole game and his defense was terrible I mean several times guys were coming down toward the basket at the end and he wasn't he wasn't in there to make a play at all even to challenge the shots so it was a disappointing game um, just write it off and you move on to the next game you're gonna have to because that was just a uh, not a good effort by by the Lakers today the bench didn't provide much support at all Montres Harrell after getting off to a pretty good start for the Lakers. Very impressed with what he had brought to the table. Just didn't seem to have it today. But Kyle Kuzma, I mean, this is 
that's the Kuzma we all know. Just one Kuzma to the other. And unfortunately, Sean, today we got the cold Kuzma, the very cold Kuzma. And Raphael, you're, I can send you the link, man. Uh, I mean, Raphael says, go Blazers. So, we, he, man, I, like I said before, you get all the props in the world. Your Blazers won today. Active load management tonight for Root the entire Davis. regular season because that's all you get a chance to. Well, you know, well, if they shoot like that, they're going to be involved here, in any game. So here, here's here's what we're going to learn over the season, Joe, because we were talking about this earlier. The other night, Luca was deferential. I didn't think he was aggressive at all. He was waiting for somebody else to get going so he could fire it up in the fourth quarter. It didn't happen. Nobody else could get going. But when Porzingis comes back, the Mavs can play big, the Jazz can play big, and the Clippers can play big against the Lakers. So it's going to be a chess match with how we can react and counter what's going on. Because like you said, size was a big problem. And Kuzma can't fall in love with a three-point shot. You, you know what it is, Gerald? It it really it reminds me a lot of a guy who gets hypnotized by other great players. Like for example, Damian Lillard missed a couple of deep threes that he could normally make in his sleep. So Kuzma gets hypnotized by seeing other guys shoot from distance and thinks he's on their level. It, it's frustrating. He can go to the he can cut he can go to the basket. He falls in love with his three-point shot. I, I just I don't understand this. Well, his when his feet aren't set and when he's leaning to one way or the other, as he has a tendency to do, his shot becomes less and less accurate. And Raphael, I did send you a link if you want to join us live, just to let you know it's in your email. Uh, he said Trez has a liability on defense. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this is something that we were yep. worried about. I mean, we liked his performance coming off the bench offensively as a spark, but the Lakers don't have any size when, you know, Marcus Saul and also as well AD are not performing or not in the lineup. And Laker Tom, I mean, we've talked about this before. Having extra size like, a, like today would have helped because they would have kept Enos Kanter off the boards a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there was a, I do. I'm going to agree with it myself then. Well, go ahead and agree with it. If you want, Gerald, that's your prerogative, you know, and I will, you keep, you keep egging the same situations over and over. And the simple fact is that you're too big then. You're too big then if you thought, can I speak? I think that it was a little bit, the size was an issue today. I mean, Enos Cantor was, was, you know, size wasn't the issue today. Size was not the issue. Really? So he you got 12 rebounds? Jamil McGee and Dwight Howard would not have helped a single bit today. The wow, problem okay. was the Lakers didn't come I, out. I, I agree with you on McGee. I agree with you on McGee, but Howard, I think, would have been able to go ahead and muscle with Enos Kanter enough to where he's you know, not getting... There's a point when you're going to have to admit that the Lakers dumped both of those guys. They didn't want them on the team. And the reason they didn't want I'm them on the team... I'm trying to get you mad. I'm just sharing my opinion, as you they are. Don't, they don't... It's the you just look at just look at the situations that happened in both situations. They let they traded McGee and gave away a second round draft choice just to get somebody to take him, and they got rid of Howard because they didn't even want to accept an offer when he accept, when he tried to. I, I know that you're. I'm just telling the reason, you. Five. Let me finish, please. Okay. 
The reason that they did that is because they found out something in the playoffs, which is that they do better. They can defend better when they don't do drop coverages, when they actually have guys who can rotate, who can anticipate, who can move, and can, can defend shots out at the perimeter. And that's basically how they won the championship. And that was when AD was playing the five and Morris was playing the four. That's the scheme that they traded. That's what they traded offense for defense for, but they didn't do that just because they thought their defense was going to be worse. They did it because they know that the defense that's going to work is a defense that can challenge every shot where everybody can rotate and so forth. And basically, this was just that game that that didn't work because you've got a couple of great shooters. Gary Trent Jr. got hot. Dame is always capable of doing that, and so is CJ. They had two great shooters who came through in the clutch when AD didn't have a good game. AD had a terrible game. It was like he was off. He might well as not have played. We would have probably done better had he not played tonight because basically <laughs> we kept throwing the ball into the hole to him and he kept missing shots. So it's that, you know, you, you take and turn this whole thing around to us losing on size and respectfully. I said I disagree completely. Well, then you disagree completely. Even though you said earlier you were talking about it would have been nice to have another big man. You sure. said this before. The right big man. Yeah. Not the right Dwight big Howard. Not I just said spies. Okay. I did say JaVale McGee. And I've never said JaVale McGee. And I didn't say Dwight Howard. You're Howard. Nice. All day on JaVale McGee winning with the Cavs. I was just to go get your hide going. I don't, Like I said, I, I didn't think he – when you're not we playing didn't this game playoff, because we didn't have size. The, you know, you, you, so, you take so, way too much granted. You know, so, you're just so, – you, you, like I said, you want to hear what you want to hear, and that's what you want to hear. Sean, I'm going to ask you this. As someone – I mean, with a, with a little bit more size, not necessarily Howard. Not necessarily McGee, but in those moments when you have AD off the floor, would a little bit more size helped on that? Because Gasol, at Is certain that why we lost time, the game, Gerald? Do you really think that? I think it's one aspect of the game. I did say it's the reason why. I said it's there's always reasons why you lose a game. It's just one of those reasons. Sean, what do you think? I think that size wasn't necessarily the reason why we lost the game. However, but it was, was it a reason? It, yes. And I think in the big macro scheme of things, size is an issue moving forward and it needs to be addressed. L let's, let's just pause and look at some of the backup centers that are comparable to Shrez Harrell. Derek Favors in Utah. Gerald. Do you think that Derek Favors can take advantage of Montrose Harrell in the post? Well, I mean, when Harrell's only you six, think the seven, other side of it can do. I think that Harrell can take advantage of Derek Favors in the post. He just didn't I, do it today. I, I, I mean, he's been he playing well so far up, to, up until today. I've, I'm he going to give bad, you that. He had a bad game today, just like yeah. AD did. Yeah, the whole bench did, for that matter. So that's the something when you know when your whole bench. And Alex Caruso is not not available for you because of health reasons, uh, which is concerning. And here today, also, he's here after talking some smack. He's so happy. It's good to see you Enjoy happy, the day. My You won't see that so, many man. of them. <laughs> okay. So, man. I, I, but the wing defense is also something that needs to be something that we've talked – we need to talk about more because yes. the Lakers have not been able to go ahead. And the wing defense is something that's at a premium, I think, Rafael Barla. I mean – what do you think? I mean, trying to find 
wing defenders, period, that can guard efficiently other wing defenders. That's always hard to find. And we're seeing those issues now from time to time with the Lakers. Uh, I mean, I think they still got better on paper. It's just you got these new guys and short training camp. Anthony Davis didn't want to play tonight. <laughs> and so um, to me, that's 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 the difference. If AD decided he wanted to play, then it would have been a, a much different game. But like I said on the, on the comment, it was literally active load management. <laughs> like he was just out there running around. And he's so it talented. Been better he, if he actually sat on the bench and stayed there. Yeah, but I mean, he's so talented. He can just run around and do nothing and give you 13 and 10. Right. But he didn't yeah, want to play. And 10 is not enough. Right. LeBron didn't post up. He could have easily posted up and the Portland would have had the double and he would have created looks. I mean, KCP is knocking everything down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw out of Portland. I'm just glad that Carmelo didn't play because if we try to play Carmelo and Enos together on the floor at the same time, it's, <laughs> it's like a, a turnstile. It's like a layup line. They played uh, better defense for Portland. There was some improvements. I mean, just because we don't have William Gabriel starting and playing. Well, when you have Derrick Jones Jr. and also as well you have Cummington right there as your starting forwards, that's going to give you a a little bit better defensive push. Yeah, they did nothing on offense. I don't think combined they've scored 30 points in the three games that we've played. What's going on in Portland with Gary Trent Jr.? Because he didn't play, what, six minutes? He played in the last game, zero points, then – all of a sudden, they decide to go to him today. I mean, I, I think the kid needs some consistent time, consistent minutes. I mean, and he's not going to get you 30 points a game, but he can at least get you some type of production each and every game. I just, I'm just wondering why he's getting such inconsistent minutes to start off the season after he did so well in the bubble. Because they were force-feeding mellow minutes. Mellow didn't play today. They opened those minutes up. I would start Trent, and I would start uh, Covington at the four. And that way you can kind of – mix it up a little bit and have some defense around Melo because, I mean, I like Cantor. I mean, great hands, anything, any rebound. He catches everything, good finisher, but he can't defend. He's a drop coverage big. And, you know, like if, if it's him and Harold on the court together, it, it's layup lines on both sides. <laughs> but if it's Cantor and Melo, then it, it's tough, but – yeah, I mean, as far as the Lakers, though, I, I think obviously they'll be fine. My my only concern with them was on paper, the team looks better than it was last year, but they've added some different personalities to the team, and it's going to take a little while to mesh. But I think that everyone knows that Trez is such a bad defender, and when he's in, everybody's just going to go after him and attack him. And that's what I've seen so far from the Lakers game. I didn't see the, the Timberwolves game, but the other games I saw, it's like, teams are going right at him this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show 
and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it facebook stars not ninja stars okay i know how some people take things literally so don't throw ninja stars at us but like the facebook stars click on those that's what we want that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. That it definitely is the case. And you're right. Uh, teams are going at Harrell. I mean, Laker Tom, I mean, I, I obviously on the offensive end, he's he's done a great job. And again, he had a bad game. But when the entire bench cannot give you any kind of support, that's got to be a, some concern for you as well. Well, one of the things with the things you have to realize about Trez is that why he's a better addition on the Lakers than he was on the Clippers is because of Anthony Davis. <laughs> and that like, like Raphael said, Anthony Davis didn't show tonight. So that really makes it very difficult for Trez to do the kind of job he wants, he needs to do. Um, he's not a lockdown defender. He's a, he's actually very good at taking a charge underneath the rim and he's very aggressive on the, on the rebounds, but he was, he didn't even show that aggressiveness tonight, you know, and a lot of it, I think has to go. A lot of it has to do with who you're on the floor with. And he needs to have, he needs to have AD, the real AD on the floor for him to be effective because he's AD is the cover for him. He's the, he's the guy who will, who will roam and be able to take care of any errors that happen with, with Trez's defense. Um, but even on the boards, Trez was not, you know, I mean, I don't know what he got in the rebounds. I haven't six. had a chance to look at the stats, but he it wasn't six, impressive. Six and twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, that's not that's not impressive for a guy with his motor. Um, and you know, it it seemed to me like the Lakers came out and they thought it was just going to be a piece of cake, just like the game the other night, last night. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Gary Trent woke him up, and uh, from that point on, it became a slugfest. And you get to the end of the game. And if you've got guys like Lillard and, and McCollum, you can win that game. You know, it's just that simple. Uh, I disagree with a little because bit. We didn't recognize, I mean, we had the tallest guy in the game at the end of the game, AD. We went into him in the hole four or five times in a row, and I think he scored one basket. Didn't hustle back because he was complaining about getting fouled. You know, and it was just, it was just a sad performance by him. And we've we saw we saw that last year, and I'd hope that it sort of had disappeared because there were a couple of games last year where he just made a lackadaisical effort, you know, and and just you know hopefully he'll bounce back and have a great game, you know. Um, but that's the difference between between he and LeBron, for example. He's not ready to take the mantle from LeBron as the best player on the Lakers because he doesn't bring it every single night, you know, and he's still he's still got a ways to go before he becomes that player, if he ever does. I was very disappointed in him tonight, especially defensively, because there was no challenging of shots at the rim. I don't think he had a block tonight, did he? Was there a single block that he had? I can't remember one. No, I know Marcus Gasol got a couple blocks, and uh, Kuzma, 
you know, I know he was very ineffective today offensively, but tried hard on the defensive end. I think he did make an effort to go ahead and do so. But with Anthony Davis, no, he did not have any blocks tonight, right. which is kind of disappointing. I, I do want to say on the plus side, though, I agree, disagree a little bit with Laker Tom and Dennis Schroeder. I think when you're, you know, overall his performance in the game was, you know, what he had, do you a, he had a good second half. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, the guy's shooting 50% from the field and 50% from three point line. And he's guarding one of the toughest players in the game. I no, mean, I, I, I agree yeah. with you there. I agree with you hundred percent there, Gerald. I, I was I was disappointed with with Dennis's streak that he had when they came back to tie the game. You know, he took like four or five bad shots. But I think, like you said the other night, I he's like going to do that. He's aggressive. I like his aggressiveness, and I and and I, he does he did a good job on Dame. You know, I mean, trying to guard Dame Lillard one on one is not an easy job. Yeah, there's, you know, there's not many guys in the league who can really do that. AD had a couple of uh, one his only good defensive efforts of that night tonight were when he guarded him a couple of times and forced him to give up the ball. But, uh, you know, this is just one of those games where the Lakers came out and thought they were going to have a cakewalk built up to an early big lead. Uh, and then they started taking, you know, I mean, I remember LeBron saying nobody on this team should have to take a bad shot. Well, the Lakers went through a period there where they took a whole bunch of bad shots and, and allowed, you know, that, what happens when you get a run like the Blazers did? It's not just the Blazers making all of the shots. It's the other team missing all of the shots. That's how you get a run. And so you you just, you know, they took a lot of bad shots and, and got out of rhythm. And they let the game get close. And if you, if you let a team with Dame Lillard stick around, then every once in a while, you're going to end up paying the price. And we paid it tonight. And again, kudos to the Blazers on their win. And, and Raphael is a happy man because of it. And it's always good to see him smile because the man works so hard. He deserves to have a good team to him, for him to support. And hopefully that will be leading into a good season for him because the Lakers, obviously, you know, like I said, they're going to take this loss tough. And I think they're going to take it out on their next opponent on the road trip. But, Sean, before we head to the road trip itself, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this uh, Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench like that. I mean, the Lakers seem to make really no effort to try and scheme better against him. Am I wrong on that assessment? But, I mean, I, I don't think I am because he continually got himself open and continually got hit those outside shots. I think I think, initial, I think initially they, they tried a few different things, but he just kept getting open. I mean, they, you know, eventually – it's uh, it's on the five guys on the floor to communicate with one another when the you know when the original scheme that the coach talks about or the staff talks about goes out the window. I, I mean that's what this this game is built on is is can you hold water for twenty four seconds and limit second chance opportunities, and when you have empty possessions against a team like Portland with really smart basketball players and you add compound it with turnovers on top of that, they will just eat you alive. They will eat you alive. Well, I want to go ahead and ask Raphael real quick on the Portland trailblazers, because uh, this has got to t- hopefully for them catapult them to a season, which you and I, when we were talking about in our season preview podcast, something that you were seeing out of them as far as what they can do on the floor. 
I know there's still questions that a lot of people uh, that follow Portland, like yourself, are still asking about certain things, the defense being consistent, things of that nature. A lot of things that, uh, you know, a lot of teams right now are asking themselves and a lot of fans are asking about themselves because we're just weeding everything out because it, the season has been so wacky and it's just such a short period of time. And of course, training camp, but what are some of the things that you're noticing about Portland early on uh, after, especially such a big win? I mean, but I know there's also been a couple of disappointments already as well. Yeah, it was just a Utah game. <laughs> that was the only one. Um, and then I guess, you know, they went to overtime or double overtime against the underman Houston team. I mean, I, I, I like the team. I'm just hoping that we can get better offense out of Jones Jr. and Covington. They provided really nothing on the offensive end. And if they're not, not knocking down shots, it's just going to make uh, things a little bit tougher for, for Dame and CJ, even though they're putting up big numbers. Um, but one of the things I like that's a little different about the team this year is that they're moving the ball. Blazers have always ranked in the bottom of the league in assists because the ball doesn't move. But for whatever reasons this year, the ball is moving a lot more. I think Dame and CJ had like combined for like 20 assists uh, the game against Houston. And then today I think CJ had like 11 assists. I can't recall seeing CJ have that many assists in a game. Um, he normally – gets about two <laughs> so um that's that's a positive sign but the west is tough i mean every day you look at the the schedule and you're like man we just <laughs> we got the lakers today our next game against the clippers like there's really no nights off which i think can also be a little bit dangerous for the lakers because they're coming off a very short off season they'll probably have a little bit of a hangover from the championship they're not playing with the same energy and every team is going to be coming for them and there's no home court advantage for them either you can't really feed off off the crowd so um i i wouldn't be surprised to see the lakers get off to a really slow start in their first 20 games uh, that'd be different than what laker tom had said but you know what i I don't want to say I, I agree with you on that assessment. I, I think it's not going to be the the gaudy, super gaudy record that they had last year, just because I think they need to go ahead and focus a little bit more energy, like you said. And, of course, the quick turnaround and a whole bunch of that stuff that going in as well. I think their record will still be good enough to be at or near the top of the West. But Laker Tom, you know, I, I want you to give a chance to retort. I mean, you, do you see this as just a bump in the road because they're heading out on a – what should be a, a road trip that, you know, you and I would normally say on paper should be just a 4-0 road trip, no problem. You see any concerns about the focus going in, or do you think they're just going to handle it right now because of how mad they should be going out on trip, you know, after such a tough loss tonight? Yeah, well, I hope, I hope they have that attitude, Gerald, and I think that I've already heard LeBron say that they don't want to lose two games in a row. Um you know, Frank Vogel said said it the other day when he said that you know this is this is not the bubble, but it's it's the outside of the bubble pandemic season, you know, and it's it's a crazy season that's that's just not the norm, you know. So uh, there are going to be some teams that are going to have advantages and some teams that aren't going to have advantages, and you got a shortened season with maybe the first I don't know five to twenty games, depending on the team being almost like preseason games. I mean, the Nets lost again tonight. Um, 
Well, they didn't even have their players. They didn't even have KD or Kyrie. Yeah, what was, there. What was the story KD about that? I just read it at the end of the game. Back. Just back to back. And then Spencer Dinwiddie uh, partially yeah, torn ACL. But yeah, just uh, um, back to back. Well, I mean, they, you'll see a lot of that. I, you know, I don't I, think I mean, we're going to match the gaudy record that we had last year um, simply because we won't have home court advantage. But I'm also, I also think that our depth is one of the things that will give us a big advantage in a lot of these games, but, and you know, you have to count on the simple fact that you really need LeBron and AD to carry the load. And if LeBron and AD played up to their potential, the Lakers are going to win most of these games simply because they've got a lot more support now than they had last year. Um, and I still feel that same way. I'm not going to, uh, you know, none of this, I think AD will come back and have a strong game the next time because that's what he's done in the past. Yeah, we've usually seen um, that. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think that Harold will come back and have a strong game. I think Gasol will come back and have a strong game. Um, I think that the Lakers got a little, a little bloated in the head, especially the way the game started off. They thought they were going to have another game just like they had last night, you know, when they were going to blow a team out by 30 points and, and, Everybody was going to be celebrating on the bench, and uh, they got a wake-up call from Gary Trent Jr. and and ended up in a in one of those games that is always dangerous because of Dame and CJ's ability to score. So I still think that even though this is not the normal season and there is no home court, so to speak, there's no fans in the crowd, no fans in the arenas. I still think that the Lakers, because of their depth and their championship pedigree, have an advantage over other teams to play better despite these circumstances. Just got to stay focused. I think that's the thing. As I mentioned it yesterday, mm-hmm. just staying focused, I think it's going to be half the battle. And you, it's, you know, it's when you had two games like in a row, like they did, um, their heads got a little big two games in a row. And then they open up with a 20, you know, 23 to 10 lead or something like that. And it looks like it's going to be a runaway game. And then guys start taking bad shots start not playing as hard on defense and you get what you get. Go ahead, Raphael. And then I'll get to you, Sean. I was asking, I know on paper, the Lakers look like they've gotten a lot better, but I felt like their identity last year was defense. Do you think the team has gotten worse defensively? I know Gasol is a smart defender. He's very good at cutting off angles and lanes, but at the same time, it's like you've traded the, shot blocking intimidation around the rim of McGee and Howard for a smart defender in Gasol and also a faster rotate faster rotations, I think. Um, well I mean I think like with Trez, he's not, you know, you, you lose your rim protection and then also feel like even offensively you lost two vertical lob threats. Well like if you're a team and you had to defend the Lakers, you had to defend them wide from the shooters, but you also had to defend them vertically. And now you can play Cantor and Nurk a lot of minutes because nobody's really beating them down the court, and you have you don't have to worry about the lob threat anymore. With uh, well, the biggest lob like, threat, you, the biggest, the biggest lob threat, the biggest lob threat was always AD. Um, but and I, I, and I, you hit it right on the nose. The Lakers, the Lakers made a trade, and that trade to me was. Faster, quicker rotations to defend every position instead of protecting the rim. Frank Vogel, 
Frank Vogel really amazes me that his ability to change his spots this late in the game, you know, because here's a guy who's always lived with rim protectors. And yet, you know, that he had to be involved in the conversations to not bring back McGee and Howard and to, to really focus on, on wanting to get some offense in there and get more speed and athleticism so that they could move the rotations. I don't think maybe it's the newness of the players that <laughs> they haven't gotten down to it yet because they haven't had a preseason and so forth. But we saw we saw moments of it. We see moments of it in the last two games. We saw a lot of it last night, where the Lakers rotations just basically shut the other team down. They couldn't get a shot off. But uh, Marcus, Mark, it's uh, not going to get like you those to type chime of in here, please. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I completely understand where Raphael is coming from. Last year, our front court was more athletic. We had a lot of leapers. We had ability to cover ground quicker. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, you know, in the playoffs, they were unplayable. For, well, for example, you know. Because they couldn't uh, defend on the perimeter. Our front court is a bit slower. So. It's a lot like football. If your offensive line isn't really athletic, you have to slide more. So I'm sure Vogel's going to try and come up with some defensive schemes. But my counter to you, Raphael, would be what could you possibly see with the roster where he could tinker things where those problems you're talking about, they you're able to put a finger in a dike, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, there's not a really a third center. So, I mean, I, I think in the playoffs, one of those guys between Gasol or Trez is going to be out the rotation, just like last year. <laughs> so I think obviously – actually, no, I don't know who they choose, who, who's going to be the odd man out. I mean, I have heard people say rumors of that the regular season is just to preserve AD. So if AD is going to play like he played last year, and then once the playoffs start, he's going to see the majority of the minutes as the, at the five, as the playoffs goes, goes longer. And Morris will be the four. And who? And Mark? Morris will be the four. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I just wonder how, how it affects everything considering that Trez gave the team a discount and he's looking to get paid. <laughs> and, He's already lost significant money, and is that a potential chemistry issue? That's my concern. Even with Dennis, I think Dennis has played great, but what makes Dennis who he is is he's very confident, and I love how he plays with a chip on his shoulder, but Dennis is probably the type of guy that will wave LeBron off and (laughs) and AD off. (laughs) <laughs> and, and look for his own shot if he feels like he has an advantage, which is something that you didn't have last year. So well, and he did that in the first half of this game. Oh, he, the first half. Yeah. But you got to take it when it comes to Schroeder. This is what you're getting. You're not going to get something different. You yeah. want his aggressiveness. This is what's going to happen. I mentioned this on more than one occasion already that – this is why I like Dennis Schroeder on the team and why, why I have you know on the team and, and playing in such a great role for the Lakers is he's going to be good for you in spots when the other teams are focused heavily on AD and LeBron, and he can fill that need for you as far as scoring. But again, 
it comes at a price of LeBron gritting his teeth when Schroeder's taking it three, four times in to the rack and when maybe not all these are great shots. So his aggressiveness comes at a price, yeah. but I'm certainly willing to live with it because uh, it, pre- it prevents, uh, actually gives you another dynamic that you didn't have before. Oh yeah. It, Nobody yeah, can be a friend tonight next to LeBron. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Although, you, you know, there may be a time that LeBron during maybe a game in Indiana down the line may just like elbow him into like the first row after taking <laughs> too many shots in a row. We could see something like that. But Sean, go ahead. I, I, I like Dennis Schroeder. I think he's been playing great and I, I like to see him continue. I like to see him get that extension. He'll get, a, he'll get an extension. So I think go ahead, will. Sean. Oh, thank you, Gerald. Uh, I was wondering if I could ask Raphael questions. It's, you know, I barely get to speak to him now. I like to pick his brain. Um, what do you think moving forward about Karis LeVert, Raphael? Do you think he has another level in him to go up? I mean, we hear him about being the next Mano 2.0. Do you really think he can step up for Spencer's loss here? Yeah, man, I think the Nets could possibly be in better just because addition by subtraction, one less guy that needs the ball. I didn't think Dinwiddie was a a good complimentary piece to KD and Kyrie because he's not a good outside shooter as far as catch and shoot. He's good if he has the ball in his hands. Same thing with LeVert. I feel like both of those guys are good one-on-one players. I think with the second unit, if you put LeVert in with some – some shooters, he'd be good, but I wonder what their closing lineup is like simply because teams are going to help off of Levert. I think with Manu and even like a guy like Lou Williams, they they were shooters. You had to respect them as shooters, even right. though they were scorers. I think teams are going to give Levert open threes until he proves that he can knock them down at 37, 38% clip. So the so the Blazers play tomorrow against the Clippers. Is that correct? After they lost by fifty points. Yep. <laughs> so they're going to play a very angry Clippers team tomorrow, back to back. I don't know if that's uh, Kawhi exactly. going to play. Yeah, I mean, if Kawhi doesn't play, <laughs> actually, I fell asleep during that game yesterday. It was like sixteen to two or something like that. And then you know how like when you're asleep and the TV's on, and you hear stuff. And I thought I heard they were down by 50 at halftime, but I thought, oh, you know, that was a mistake. It's 15. <laughs> and when I woke up, I saw, like, it really happened. And, yeah, yeah that was – I saw somebody tweet, like, for that to be the worst loss in Clippers history, considering the Clippers history, <laughs> that <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> because, well, I mean, what team has had a worse history than the Clippers? One of the best, one of the best things I've heard on the news this year. Well, yeah, d- 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 just doesn't it feel like Luca and the Clippers are destined to play each other again in the playoffs, and we're gonna get round two? I would love that. Yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, man, well, I don't know <laughs> because we're playing. Well, how about how about Luca? What what's your think? Uh, what do you think is happening with Luca at this point in time? He doesn't seem to be in shape. I mean, I, we talked last year about how how could he even get better than last year? He had such a great year. Well, he has what to play do you do for a nine like four, that. you know? Well, right now he's his shot isn't falling. He's like two. He's like eighteen percent from three. 
Yeah. That's that's the difference. But he's shooting 85% from the free throw line, which was one of the things he was inconsistent at. So right. he's averaging – I mean, I guess his numbers are, are a little bit down because he didn't play a lot of minutes in the other game. But before that, he had like 24. And then I want to say even like the Lakers and the Suns game, he got off to like slow starts in the first quarter. And then he ended up heating up against the Lakers. Where you look at his numbers, he was pretty efficient. But the three ball's not falling at all. That's – but you know the thing I like with the Mavs are using him out of the post more. Yeah. Well, they had, like I said, with the Porzingis out, he has to play at an MVP level for them to go ahead and be in that upper echelon of the West. Same thing with Curry. Same thing with you know a couple more of these players that have to do it all for their teams right now because of injuries. So we're going to look forward to that. But you know it's a bizarre world when the best record in the NBA is owned by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Have the Thunder played another game yet? Yeah, yeah they, they lost. lost tonight. So there's nobody undefeated in the West. Nope. No. <laughs> so, yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers right now rule the NBA. I never thought I would say that after LeBron left. But, yes, right now they do. JaVale uh, shooting three-point shots and well, going coast to coast. Hey, Colin Sexton's I, balling out. I'm just – I'll just say – I, I, I hope Go they ahead. enjoy going 10 and 40 over the next 50. I know these <laughs> these first three and four games were great. And by the way, I do it love crazy their, their, their backcourt. The, they yeah. need to figure out what they could put around that backcourt. They, they could be really good. Well, they I'll have to tomorrow. So that's, that helps 4 0. The Knicks just won a game the other day. Yeah, they beat the like, 60, didn't they? They beat they the Bucks. Oh, that's right. Steph Curry for a night, so I don't know how often that's going to happen. Uh, it's Padger stats time when it comes to the Knicks. But when it comes down to us here at LakerHolics.com and NBA Draft Junkies, you got to go ahead and check out everything that these guys are doing today. So before we head on out, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my good friend, Rafael Barlow, who I'm very happy surprised us today. Course, he's very happy that the you know that the his favorite team, the Portland Trailblazers, won today. Uh, but I'm always happy to see him because it's such, he does he works so hard, he does such a great job. Dash radio, NBA draft junkies, the whole nine yards. Go ahead, fill us in. What more acquisitions or what more great shows or what more great things that you're doing at NBA draft junkies? Because it just seems like you're you know, you talked about me all the time. I'm I'm going right back at you. You're doing so much right now yourself. Yeah, I mean, I still have just the radio show. I haven't decided what I was going to do as far as bringing my podcast to a different platform yet. Um, but then I'm just putting content on my site. I like the new look, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I spent a lot of time redesigning the look, coming up with graphics and trying to update the site. And now it's just, you know, it's a new year. I feel like there's about 100 guys that I, that I kind of want to profile and, and just kind of get the content out first. So it's been keeping me busy, busier than I thought. Um, my goal you is did one on Suggs, right? Jalen Suggs, I yep, think, just I did one on Jalen Suggs today. Um, and then I have one on Josh Christopher from Arizona State, LA kid coming out tomorrow. And then after that, I have one on Moses Moody. So yeah, I'm working, try to get out at least a video a day, maybe five a week. And um, yeah, just <laughs> just working. Just working, but you're always doing a great job. Please check out everything that he's doing at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, plus the show NBA Draft Junkies on Dash Radio every Monday, I think, is it? Or am I mistaken? Yeah, Monday at 
11 Eastern, 10 Central. So it's nine, nine o'clock Pacific. Oh man, just continued success for you, my friend. You know, you're always welcome here uh, anytime yeah. you want, even if it's just to rib us on another Portland victory uh, on that. But again, you're always welcome here, my friend, and appreciate everything that you've done for Lakerholics.com, your tremendous videos that you provided. So you've done such great work. We cannot thank you enough for doing so. Sean, I know you got something down the line as far as that's concerned. I know four road games, which should be 4-0, are in the offering for the Lakers now that they're going into the Texas area with San Antonio coming up on the slate. They should go in very angry. I'm expecting 4-0. Uh, I really am because of what happened today. But what are you expecting and what do you got lined up for Lakerholics.com? Just that, Gerald. I was going to help preview the uh, roading coming up with uh, Tom. And I agree with you. I think uh, there's a storm coming. They're angry. I think 4-0 is definitely doable. Um, it's disappointing to see John Morant in a boot. Um, I really doubt he's going to be available for uh, any activities within the next few weeks. That was a really bad ankle turn. Yeah. So I'm expecting um, you know, a 4-0 four, four road trip and uh, hoping for an angry, angry team. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It's kind of interesting, though, to see Kyle Anderson as your point guard, slow-mo, going in there. It's kind of interesting to watch that today, and I'm just like, man, he plays like he a like Canadian maple syrup, man. <laughs> he, he moves like he moves like the old guys I used to play against at the Y. It's really pretty much what it comes down to. It. He just set those slow moves right there for you. But you know what? It's work. It's work for him. He's effective. He's actually getting good numbers. And you know, for fantasy basketball mm -hmm. owners, he might be a good pickup out there on the waiver wire. But Laker Tom, I always close it out with you, my friend. Uh, you know, no hard feelings on the, you know, earlier today on the, on the big man difference of opinion on that. No, I don't want JaVale McGee back. I'd never I'd want that. I, he's hard, but him shooting three pointers is kind of funny now that that seems like it's part of the Cleveland offense, but I want to go ahead before we, you know, head on out. I know you got some things you're working on. I know you're always busy yourself. So I, you know, I know that anything you contribute well, to. You know, it's interesting. And if you go back and look at last year's uh, three point shooting stats, he was and one of the best. Filter anything out. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard are at the top of the list because they both shot 50% from three. But I think they took combined 10 attempts. So, you know, you got to take that for a while. No, no, I think, it, I think they were two for four and three for three for six. Yeah. So. But they're always right at the top of the list every time that you go and look at the, uh, the player stats and you click Lakers and you highlight the uh, column for the three-point percentages. And I think Dwight are. Howard – three-pointer was the last points that the Lakers won and they yep. got the championship. His last shot as a Laker, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Not, maybe uh, uh, the last shot he won't take, but, you know, there you go. But go ahead, Laker Tom. What are you working on for Lakerholics.com? Um, I think it's kind of an interesting 
format this uh, these two games back to back that you play, and maybe not necessarily back to back, but the two game series. You know, sort of like Major League Baseball, you're going to go into go into town, you're going to play them twice, and then move on to another town and play them twice. Um, I think that's interesting because of the strategic moves that you can make, the adjustments you can make, and so forth. Um, I hope the Lakers take them seriously and go out there and win both games uh, in both both in uh, the Spurs and and the Grizzlies. Um, I'd be very disappointed if they didn't. You know, I thought that they were. I thought they should go 12 and one or at least 11 and two in this 13 game stretch, and we're off to an 0 and one start. Um, I do think that the toughest game of the 13 game stretch probably was the Blazers. Um, I don't think we play any other team that that really has a star himself like Lillard that could change the tables on us, you know. Not until the 10th, not until Houston. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, James Harden. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I still, still a rocket I still like I still like the moves that the Lakers have made, the strategy that they've deployed defensively, that they've, they're going for a quicker, faster, rotating type of defense. Um we saw a lot of double teams, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of trapping on on Lillard and and uh, and uh, CJ. And to to their credit, you know they put up they put up twenty seven assists on us, um, which meant that they were giving up the ball when they got trapped, and we weren't able to turn the ball over on them. So um, we got to work on that. I mean, uh, and it's 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 a work in progress. Um, it's one of those things that I think we'll get better at, but I believe in that as the defense that they have to win. Uh, and in the playoffs, it probably won't be the same guys as you see in the regular season. Um, I think Raphael's right that when you get into the playoffs, AD is going to play the five. And I, and I think AD even was saying the other day that he'll play the five anytime the coach wants him to play the five. Um, and I think that uh, if we don't, as we get closer and closer near the end of the season, and definitely when we get into the playoffs, you'll see that flip, and he'll be playing 60 to 65 percent at the at center position. And I think Morris will will be the Morris played only seven minutes in tonight's game. I don't yeah. know whether what the deal was, whether it's something wrong with him or, or what. Maybe they're just saving him. Maybe they're just saving him for, like I said, he's such a tool in the playoffs. Well, Frank said right he was going to try a lot of combinations, you know, and. Uh, the guy who's losing, the guy who basically looks like the guy who's going to lose his spot in a rotation, to me is uh, Wes Matthews. You know, yeah. who hasn't been able to hit his shot and 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 definitely hasn't hasn't looked like a guy with long arms that can block shots and can has the lateral movement to stay in front of his defender uh, instead it's of the guy. Looking thirty-five. Yeah, um, you know that's it's. There's always a reason that these guys are on minimum contracts, you know. It's not necessarily just because they wanted to get a ring. Um, so we'll see what happens as we move forward. Um, I still believe I still believe Harrell is going to be a big factor. Um, every time you talk about how somebody's going to hunt him on defense, I think there's going to be another situation, two out of three games where he's going to basically outplay whoever's whoever's has to guard him on the other end of the court. It's uh, the game goes both ways, you know, um, and there's a lot of guys that there's a lot of guys who are very valuable to teams that uh, that end up being the weakest link on the defense, you know, um, and I think he can play better. It's it's a lot a lot to do with the scheme and he needs to have a very active Anthony Davis next to him to be really effective. 
All right. Well, uh, do appreciate everyone hanging out with me today. Uh, Rafi, oh, go ahead, Sean. You're, you're last in class today, so go ahead. You got that hand raised. Go ahead. Just a quick correction, Gerald. Actually, the Clippers are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night after they got washed by 50. And okay. then they play the Portland Trail Blazers on a back-to-back. Okay, oh. we'll see. We'll see how that works out. It should be uh, more advantageous <laughs> than for, for Raphael's team, uh, which is good. Good. So, you know, hopefully the Clippers will burn out all their energy tomorrow night, and and Raphael will be a happy man when they meet up. Uh, I guess I'm assuming it's going to be in L.A. Is that correct? Yeah, Staples. Yes. Okay, so they get stay. they get a few they're waiting, days. They're staying I, over for Staples. Yeah, they, they get to stay on the beach in L.A., so that's pretty good. So I'll tell it's you what. A good, it's always a tough trick when you come to L.A. Now, frankly, yeah. except <laughs> except if you're the Mavs. Except if you're the Mavs. I mean, you can't go anywhere. They can't have team meetings. <laughs> yeah. Can't. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, that didn't stop Harden. That never stopped stop New Will. But it never went hard and did all his dirt in Vegas and Vegas Atlanta. And Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out to his trainers. They did a great job with him. He looks phenomenal this year. Yeah, I, I heard your uh, – <laughs> I read your tweet. So. <laughs> I read your tweet. Uh, but I do appreciate everyone out here hanging out with us today. If you're watching and listening, we cannot thank you enough for doing so. If you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break, right there with Mr. Barlow. That's at Barlow500. Sean – I forget what's your Twitter account. Is it Magic Man? What is it right now? Yeah, at, uh, at uh, Magic Man. There you go, at Magic Man, and then of course at Laker Tom. I want to go ahead and thank everybody for going ahead and listening and watching. It is Lakers Fast Break. Please support us by going ahead with your first deposit at Thrive Fantasy. Just type in the code LFB. That really helps us out. As long as it's over twenty dollars, they'll match it dollar for dollar up to fifty dollars for the best in player props right there for you for the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, PGA, and eSports. It's Thrive Fantasy. Well, guys, hopefully the Lakers will see better times on the road trip back-to-back against San Antonio later this week. We'll be back for that. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll have good things to say. And you know what? Continued success to Rafael. And you know you're welcome back anytime. You know, you and I still have a date for the playoffs. We're going to go ahead and take care of that, hopefully, this year. I look forward to our playoff coverage then. But you know, during the course of the season, we're going to go ahead and and have more appearances by Raphael, rest assured, because there's no one that does it better than Raphael out there when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to draft prospects out there. There's nothing better out there than NBADraftJunkies.com. I want to go ahead and thank you so much for listening. Unfortunately, the Lakers did lose today, 115-107, but I'm looking for better things this week. And we'll go ahead and be right here after the games and maybe even more podcasts coming up in the not-too-distant future as well, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>